This podcast is explicit from the start and not suitable for children. Everyone else. Okay. Everyone okay. else. Okay. It was a mistake. Okay. Have you been in love? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with me? Oh, he had loads of shit. And I was going, what okay. about my friends? You know, like a kid does good. Fuck you, man. I think good. people, when they fall in love, they're not who they are. They're somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was great. <laughs> are you going out or something? Good. <laughs> Don't need it. Music's what you remember, you know, at a certain point in time, or what you're doing, or a bad time, a good time, or whatever. Music makes you cry, doesn't it? Or makes you happy. Did you have friends? Oh, yeah, tons of friends. I mean, I fell in love with but I never did it again. Okay. It was a mistake. Fuck was all that about? It's rubbish. Okay. It doesn't mean anything. Pretend. It's not real. This is real. Because we're talking to each other, but relationships ain't real. Because they're they're built on lies. Now, I don't know, childhood, isn't it? Many things in my childhood. Hundreds and thousands. I remember 1971. Pele was in Brazil where they'd won the World Cup. The guy landed on the moon. I was a little kid, and I was in a hotel. My dad's hotel. And I came running down the stairs and I could hear Dean Martin on the radio ground. And as I walked through the door, there was all these people, but they were all naked and fucking each other. I was just standing there for a couple of minutes and everybody was shagging. And then my dad turned out and he said, I think you'd better go upstairs. Well, I didn't really understand when I was young, because, well, my dad's basically me, really. I mean, I'm just a shadow of him, really. He had a lot more going on than me. But he's a bit more—he was a bit more madder than me. But he didn't really like rules or anything like that. And he was French. 
I remember police coming around when I was a kid and him telling them to fuck off and all that. And I thought, Christ, you don't tell the police to fuck off. But he did, he just saying, fuck off, piss off. I feel all right, I'm just frightened. But I just thought it's not because it became normal. It becomes normal, doesn't it? But he was all right because he's really strict but really laid back. So he, he didn't have to go to bed or anything. He'd just give you a key and so go and do what you like. I should just walk around, you know, because it was the country, so you could walk around. Stay in hay barns, go fishing, whatever, all that shit. He never stopped to do anything. I didn't have to go to school or anything like that. He never checked about that shit. I never gave school reports or anything like that. He wouldn't even look at them. And he used to come into school and say, come on, we're going on holiday. Quite a good childhood, really. Not a normal childhood. I was in Tangiers with my dad and there was a leather shop, you know. And this guy said to him, you can have the leather shop, I'll have your son. And my dad went, all right, take him, you know. And when you're 10, you don't realise you're fucking about yeah, that sort of, I think I did cry at that point, yeah. It's just a joke, but... <laughs> it's not that funny, is it? Well, it is now, but... It just, at that end, all the time, stuff like that. But he got used to it, because he knew what he's like. I did go to America with him and stuff like that, so you know, I was the first time I went to America I was about twelve. So he took he's he's always taking me places. He used to go to Ostend and buy cars. And he used to like six, seven of his friends used to all go over there and buy a car. Because they had American cars, so they used to go and buy American cars and drive them back. He used to take me there. So I was always travelling about. I had a good childhood, and I used to work, you know. When I was a kid, I used to work, so... I used to go to school with two quid or something, and fags were like 50p. And I used to eat in the cafe, I didn't bother eating. So I, was, I always knew about money. So that's good. I went to, uh, my dad said, look, a mate of mine's got a hotel in High Street, Kensington. Uh, the Tara Hotel it was. And he said, go up there, he's probably got a few jobs. I'll ring him up and you can probably get a job. So I didn't bother waiting for him to ring, I just went, you know. So he, I went there and he, was, he said, yeah, you can work here if you want. Baggage porter. And I lived, I lived next door. So I was in High Street, Kensington, and that was about 1978. 
Yeah, you got good money. But in the 70s, it was all crooked, so everyone made money. All cash in hand, everything. There's no banks, just cash. At that time, I used to go and sell videos to people. But yeah, I've done all, all sorts. Putting the things in the telephone boxes. You know, the prostitute cards. They used to get 40 quid for that, which is a lot of money in them days. But that was good money, 40 quid. I only took an hour. I mean, you used to work two days to get 40 quid. So it's good money. And the thing about them people is they never go anywhere, them country people. They always say they're going, but they never go. So when I was 15, I just got on the train and went. And I went back there about 20 years later and they were still there, you know. But they just got fat and had kids. But they never done nothing, they just stayed there. I'm not saying it's wrong, but what's the point? I was uh, born in Chelsea. Oh, I didn't have no mum, she fucked off when I was about six months. But I knew my grandma, and she was all right. She never said nothing about her daughter, but she didn't know where she was. My dad got done for fraud, so what he did was, he bought a hotel in Kent, in Folkestone, you know Folkestone? Dolphin Hotel, it's called. So when I was really little, I stayed down there. I never saw him until I was about two. I didn't obviously know, you know. Everybody says they know when they were two, but that's bullshit. I could remember when I was five, that's about it. But obviously I, kept, I stayed there and I had au pair girls or whatever looking after me. And then I remember him coming out of prison and, he, and then he came down. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was great. He was harsh, but he was good. Another time I was in Copenhagen. I remember walking down the street with my dad, and I was about 10. And uh, this prostitute came up and said, uh, do you want to go upstairs? And he said, well, maybe. So they were talking for a bit. And then he said, wait there, I'm going upstairs. So he left me in the street for about an hour. And I was fucking petrified. I wouldn't do that to my kid now, I think it's too harsh. I'm not going to have kids, but I think that's what made me what I am. Because I'm not frightened of anything. So those things, really. Right, he, did, he did things like that. You know, and he was crooked all his life. Which... Uh, after that time in prison, I don't think that was his fault anyway, but after that, he never got nicked again, ever. But he was obviously doing stuff. I was just a kid, I didn't know. 
he was drinking, drugs, everything. And when I went to see him in the ambulance, he was reading a paper. And he said, what the fuck are you doing here? I said, just come to see you. And he said, look, fuck off. And he died the next morning. So that's, that's what he was like. He wasn't old, he was only about 55 or something. I'm 55 now, so I always think maybe I'll die this year. Maybe I won't. No. No, he taught me not to miss him. Sometimes I dream about him. You know, I'm having a dream and he pops up, you know, in a car or something like that. But no, I don't really miss him, no. I don't miss anybody. I go to funerals and people go, what's the matter with you? You're not crying on it. I just, uh, I just think if someone's dead, they're dead, you know. I don't think you've got to cry about it more. I don't get that grief thing. I never did get it. But I'm quite cold and vague, you know. I think it's a, it's a protection, really. When I see people around me, they're getting fucked all over the place. You know, couples, people getting married, fucking kids, fucking flats, houses. It's all mad. Now I understand what he was doing, because it, it, it stood me in good stead. So when I was homeless, I didn't really worry about it. Or if I didn't have a job, I didn't really worry about it. Or, you know, I didn't really worry about anything. And I've always been like that, and that's what he, that's what he gave me. In a way, although it didn't look that good in the beginning. I suppose he just thought that's the way he'd done it. Yeah, I've been homeless a couple of times, yeah. But because people like me and I've got friends, they kind of help me out, you know. But it's not that bad. I, I don't, you know, house ain't that much. It doesn't really mean that much to me. I'm more about meeting people and going out and stuff. So, you know, I've slept in shops and, you know, everything really, buses. You just get to know where to go, you know. Slept in a shop for five years. The guy thought he just let me stay in there. Stanford Hill, which I'm living at now, I first came there in the 80s, and my mate said there's a load of Scots there. So I went there and there was, there was hundreds on that estate. I got one, and I I lived there for eight years. No one bothered me or anything. Then I was coming out of the thing one day, and the guy was there, got to move out. So I thought, I've been here eight years, it's nothing. So I got out. I mean, that was happening all the time in them days. I 
I'm in a charity. I said I was homeless a couple of years ago. And uh, I used to go in there every day and have tea and stuff. And they said, we'll get you somewhere. They got me somewhere in Limehouse. So I lived there for four years. And then they come up to me one day and said, how's it going? I said, yeah, it's all right. It was a bit bad in there because there's lots of fucking nutters in there, you know? And it's starting to get like cockroaches and fucking mice and rats in there and everything, you know, because the people, they're disgusting, you know. So he said to me, do you want to go somewhere else? I thought, all right, yeah, I will. And he said, there's a flat in Stanford Hill, if you want it. So I said, yeah, I used to live there, and I went there. It's more or less the fucking same. I ain't changed that much. He just taught me to be independent and not worry about nothing. Because nothing is worth worrying about. It doesn't matter how mad it is, it seems, or how fucking bonkers it is, it's not worth worrying about. Because you die. You know, you've got 30 Christmases left, I've got five. But you go. So, when people worry about bills and fucking shit like that, I don't know why they're worrying about it. What's the point? Just get on with it. Because you ain't got long to go. The main thing is enjoy yourself. If you're not enjoying yourself, don't do it. you got to fucking enjoy yourself every fucking day. And if there's anything that you're doing that you're not enjoying, don't fucking do it. That's what I'd say to you. Your health is the most important. When you're fucking sitting there going, fucking hell. You know, when you think you're going to die. And you think, Christ, why did I worry about that fucking water bill? You know, it's mad. Me, I mostly go out every night, mainly. Meet people. Get to know new people all the time. I've got loads of people, yeah. I know hundreds and hundreds of people. But people like being with me because I'm good to be with. But yeah, I mean, I know hundreds of people. What about you? Someone